Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. I am George Cannon, and you are listening to Episode 38. Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. Our purpose is to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week we put together a podcast to answer a specific question that you might have that you're looking for an answer biblically to help you in your walk with Christ, or maybe answer some questions that you have about Christianity. Today, we're going to devote this episode to following up on a prior episode that we did, in which we tried to answer a question concerning unbelievers and their prayers. We're going to look back at episode 35, where we address the issue, Does God Hear Unbelievers? prayers. Does God hear unbelievers' prayers? Now, we spent some time in that episode talking about that issue, and since that podcast has been out, there's been some questions concerning the my presentation, and they'd like to go a little bit further. So this podcast is a follow-up concerning unbelievers' prayers. So let me just kind of, as we begin, let's just start with what I said back in episode 35. We were looking at the issue of, does God hear unbelievers' prayers? And so what I pointed out to you as I went through the scripture, I pointed out to you three main things. Number one, that God hears and sees everything. Showed you that from the scripture. Whether it's the activities of the unbeliever or not, God sees and hears everything. So, Right off the bat, we can see that, yeah, he hears their prayers. However, you say, well, wait a minute now, George, I got a problem with that because I can point to a specific verse where it says that he doesn't hear our prayers. Well, we'll get to that in a second. That was the first point I made. The second point I made is, is that the scripture very clearly says that God cares for unbelievers and believers. Paul in some of his presentations in the book of Acts, we'll talk about God blessing believers and unbelievers with rain and produce, all of it pointing to his existence. So God does care. But then my final point, which is where I rest it, is, is that God is under no obligation to respond to that prayer. Yes, he hears that prayer, He may respond, but he's under no obligation to respond to that prayer. Well, since I did that presentation in that podcast, somebody raised the question out of the scripture in the Gospel of John, and it is in the ninth chapter. There is a verse there that's very interesting, and it would appear that from the verse, the answer to the question is no, God doesn't hear unbelievers' prayers. So let's go to the ninth chapter. And it is the interaction that the man who was born blind that Jesus healed, who was before 
the Sanhedrin, or the ruling council of the Jews, giving an account or explaining what had happened, because he, here he was, he was blind, everybody knew he was blind, now he's healed, and he's actually being questioned about Jesus, whom he's not had any interaction be, before being healed with, and so this man is giving a defense, somewhat of a defense of Jesus, and so he makes this statement in verse 31. He's speaking to the Jews on the council, and he says, now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears them. Okay, so you're like, okay, well, there it is, George. That's the answer to the question. We don't even need to go any further. Wrap it up. You were wrong in the first podcast. Here it is right here. This guy's saying it. It's in the Bible. We're out of here. Not so fast. Because I need you to understand that, yes, this gentleman is making this statement. This is the man who was born blind speaking to the religious leaders of his time. The statement, even though it's made and it is a part of our scripture, the part of the Bible which is inspired by God, does not mean that the statement is correct. What you need to understand is, is that there are often statements that are made in the scripture that are communicated and are given as an account of what was taking place, but that doesn't mean that what they said was biblical truth for you and I to live by or for you and I to embrace. I'll give you an example. Think about in the book of Job, Job's three friends. If you read Job's three friends, you will find that there seems to be some truth in what they're saying as they interact with Job concerning what has happened to him. But as you go further on into the book, you realize that they then are rebuked because what they say is wrong. So you real quickly, very quickly at the end of the book, realize I better be careful not to embrace what they're thinking because what they're thinking is the thinking of the day. And as I've read it, and maybe as you've read through the book of Job, you can actually find yourself saying, yeah, I've thought that. Yeah, I've been there. I've, I've considered, yeah, it sounds like what they're saying is truth. Here we have another situation. What this gentleman is doing, he's raised in a Jewish culture. And you have to understand that not everything that they embraced and believed was accurate. But what he's reflecting with these Jewish leaders is a concept that they would have concerning sinners. Now, when I say sinners, I need you to understand, when it talks about sinners here, it is not talking about Gentile unbelievers. He is talking about those who belong to the nation of Israel who are not living in accordance with the law. So we're not even talking about Gentiles here. We're talking about those who are living in the nation of Israel, who are Jewish, who are not living in accordance with the law. Therefore, they are sinners. So remember, when you go through the Gospels, Jesus is often accused because he he spends time with sinners and tax collectors. They're Jews who were not following the law. And so this guy is very much communicating an, an everyday attitude there where God doesn't hear these people because they're not following the law. And the, of course, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees and the Sadducees who are sitting there would agree with that. They would agree with that. 
So what I'm trying to say to you is, is don't just grasp this verse and say, here it is, biblical truth. I'm saying to you, this guy is communicating an attitude of the day. Nowhere else in the scripture will you see the very same thing communicated. He's just communicating the viewpoint there. And he's trying to communicate it to support the notion that maybe Jesus is the Messiah, because why would God work through him if he was so evil? Now, we need to also recognize that while we see this point, I want you to also recognize that there are instances in the Bible, in the scripture, where God does answer the prayers of unbelievers. I'll give you an example. It's an extreme example, actually. An extreme example of where God answers the prayers of an unbeliever. And it is found in 1 Kings, in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 21, starting at verse 17. And what we see there is, Verse 17, the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, this is the prophet of God, saying, Arise, go down and meet Ahab, king of Israel, who lives in Samaria. And there he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of him. And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you murdered and have you taken possession? And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood even yours. So verse 20, we see the confrontation that takes place where Ahab says to Elijah, verse 20, have you found me, O my enemy? And he answered, I have found you because you've sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Verse 21, behold, I will bring calamity on you and I will take away your posterity and will cut off from Ahab every male in Israel, both bond and free. I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation which you provoked me to anger and made Israel cern. Concerning Jezebel, the Lord also saying, The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel, and the dog shall eat whoever belongs to Ahab and dies in the city, and the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field. Stop. Pretty terrible judgment being communicated here. Elijah is bringing a message of judgment because what we see here is a king who is very wicked. In fact, you want to talk about something. This king, after this point, people will say that they walk in the sins of Ahab, meaning he sets the standard for evil here. So we're talking about a guy who sets the standard for unbelief. Now, I want you to notice verse 27. So it was that when Ahab heard those words, that he tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his body, and fasted, and lay in sackcloth, and went about mourning. So here's what Ahab did. He responded to the word of God by putting on sackcloth, which is a sign of mourning, ripping his clothes, which is a sign of mourning, ashes, Fasting, and always connected with fasting in the Old Testament, is the issue of prayer. What's he praying about? He's praying about the judgment that's coming against him. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Verse 28. 
in verse 29. Amazing verses. Look at what it says. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, This is the Lord speaking. See how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he's humbled himself before me, I will not bring calamity in his days. And in the days of his son, I will bring calamity on his house. What is being communicated there? What's being communicated there is God heard Ahab's prayer and held back from the judgment upon his house. Now, part of that judgment would take place. The dogs would eat the blood or drink the blood out of his chariot, That is, as it was saying there. But the fact of the matter is, is that God would withhold the totality of his judgment until after Ahab had died. God heard his prayer. Now, gets back to what I'm saying. God hears and sees everything. Number two, God cares. He even cares for the wicked. And in this case, it is somebody who's extremely wicked and evil. But again, notice now, God is under no obligation to answer. But in this case, he did. What's going on? Well, it's interesting, in Matthew Poole's commentary, when he, he focused a lot on verse 31 of John chapter 9 with this issue of whether or not God hears a prayer. And he makes this statement, which I think kind of validates what I'm saying. He says this, God is under no covenant obligation to hear sinners. Okay, let's stop there. I want you to hear what I'm saying. God does hear their prayers, but he's under no obligation by any type of covenant to hear their prayers. You and I, he hears our prayers because we are a part of the new covenant that comes through Jesus Christ, through belief in him. Let me finish what he says here. They can challenge no such favor upon the account of any promise. An unbeliever can't, can't throw themselves on God based on any promises because the promises aren't for them. But notice what it says. But God, out of the aboundings of his goodness, may hear them. The key word there is may hear them. As he heard Ahab and others. I think you'll find in the Old Testament, there are other times when God sees and hears the wicked and responds. Another instance of this would be Nineveh, when Jonah went through, proclaimed and called them to repentance. And they repented. God heard them. He may hear them as his creatures crying in their ministry, Poole says, though he hears them not as children or upon the account of any covenant. Okay, so let, this is the issue. This is the bottom line issue. Does God hear them? Yes. Is he under any obligation to respond to them? No. But when he does hear them, he's hearing them because he is the creator. He's the one who created them. But he's not hearing them as he hears a believer, as he hears you and I who have trusted in Jesus Christ. He hears us because we are his children. We are part of the covenant, the new covenant that is in Christ. And because of that, he hears us. So I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. You know, 
as a pastor, I have four kids. We interact with a lot of kids in our home and friends of my kids and so forth. But and 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 a lot of times I will hear people, my kids' friends, talking to me and making requests and. I'm under no obligation to respond to them. Now, I'm, I respond to them, but what I mean is, is to do what they're asking to be done. I have no obligation there. They're not my kids. But when my kids make a request of me, I'm obligated to hear them. I'm obligated to respond to them because they're my family and we're in covenant together. See, that's the difference. So, I guess the bottom line issue is, does God hear the prayers of unbelievers? Yes, he hears them. But, does that mean he will respond to them? Not necessarily. He may respond to them, but it's not because they're his children, but because of his goodness. Something to think about. Finding Clarity Podcast is really an opportunity to answer questions that you and I might have about Christianity and the Christian life. And so what we try to do each week is come with a question that you might have and we'll try to find and answer for it. Now, if you have a question and you would like to get with us about your question, you, If you attend our church, you can get your question to me anyway. You can bring it to me, talk to me, throw a question in the offering plate. They'll get it to me, and we'll be sure to answer it here on the podcast. If you don't attend our church and you're looking for a church and you live in the Clearfield County, Kerwinsville area, I would encourage you to attend one of our services. We are located at 700 State Street in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania, and our service starts at 1045. And it's a come-as-you-are church, so we're really not worried about how you're dressed. We're just worried about you coming and hearing about Jesus Christ. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Go there. We would encourage you to like the page for us. And with that like, you will get see us in your news feed whenever we have the upcoming podcast or question. With that page, you can also submit a question to us through the page, either through messaging us through Facebook, or you can write it on the wall. We'll be sure to get it to you. You can also go to our webpage here at the church, kerwinsvillechristian.org. Just simply go to the contact page, and you'll see a way there to get in touch with us, and you can leave a question there. Next week, we're going to wrestle with a question that really is at the heart of the Christian life, and that is, how can I avoid becoming legalistic. How can I avoid becoming legalistic? Till that time, we hope you have a great week. Take care.